Love on the Brain, copyright Serenia Murthy, 2019. Well, now I know what it means to say that pleasure and pain are two sides of the same coin. The very things that once brought me joy now cause me pain. I went back to school today. My Emma was also there, of course. I can't quite bring myself to say the word X just yet. She looked like she'd spent most of the night crying. I suppressed any urge to comfort her. I let Hannah do it. I kind of wished Allison were there to take the edge off things. There's this really awkward thing that happens in the wake of a breakup where your friends literally do not know who to hang out with. This is the first time I've experienced it firsthand because Piper went to Westmore. And still does, I assume. I mean, I haven't thought about her in ages. I kind of forgot she existed. Which does not make me sound all that great, I'll admit. So, at lunch, there was this brief moment of hesitation, followed by this enormous wrench, like Moses parting the Red Sea, with boys on one side, girls on the other. Never thought I'd find myself this popular. Though solidarity is kind of awesome, I'll admit. Especially at a time like this. I tried not to look at Emma, even when she was in my line of vision. She didn't laugh or smile much. She and I had to do the afternoon announcements together. This used to be fun. Now it's just pure agony to sit beside her and feel her essence, smell her hair from a distance. I didn't let on how I felt. I kept up the front. It's what Grandpa would have done. Man up, McCord. After we left the principal's office, we headed down the hallway, kind of in sync, not in sync. It felt really weird. I was glad when we reached the end of the hallway and could go our separate ways, but then Emma broke her silence and said in a low, kind of moist tone, Jason, I didn't think you could be so heartless. Well, I'd been attempting to maintain a stiff upper lip. I guess I'd succeeded better than I realized. I turned and looked at her. She was looking at me with her chin upturned. She was breathing intensely. There were dark rings, traces of smudged mascara under her eyes, making her look a little bit like a raccoon. I suppose she's right. That comparison is pretty damn heartless. She was hugging her books to her chest and looking at me expectantly. I found myself thinking of happier moments like that time in the limo. I mean, I could have given those books a run for their money. I had to say something. I cleared my throat. She blinked. I don't know what to tell you, I said. She flashed a palm in frustration. Are you really going to just throw away everything we shared just because of one little thing? I'm not throwing anything away. My gaze was level with hers. I marshaled my thoughts. We had what we had. It's over. Move on. She kind of gasped and her eyebrows went straight up. I felt a little afraid she might cry. But Emma's made of sterner stuff, although you don't realize it at first. Breeding tells. All right, fine, she said, sticking up her chin even more firmly. Fine. She clutched her books closer to her and took a breath. Goodbye, Jason. She turned her on her heel and stalked off, her head erect. Goodbye, Emma, I said as I watched her retreating figure, but to be honest, I don't think she even heard me. After she disappeared from view, I turned and headed to the parking lot. I'd parked as far as I could from the school entrance to avoid any and all limos.
Some people might call me unfeeling. Many people have. But as I once said to Allison, just because I don't wear my heart on my sleeve doesn't mean I don't have one. If you'd seen me on the freeway with the window securely rolled up, belting along to Rihanna's love on the brain, you'd know how unfeeling I really was. I remembered everything. Well, it would be hard not to, given that I've devoted these pages to immortalizing the experience. But even without my journal, I found the same saga rolling through my mind, like a slow-motion movie with some emo music serving as the tragic soundtrack. Emma's happiness over the English assignment, the way I'd gradually worked up the nerve to ask her out, my absurd sense of triumph when she'd said yes. I had never really thought she would, except for the small 10% I believe in miracles sense of wonder part of me. Our first date, hidden figures in our discussion over it, how we'd eventually wound up reading the book together and working our way through the reading guide, not for extra credit or anything like that, just for fun, for the pure joy of it. Even our fight over the phone had a tinge of joy because, well, we'd made up. I'd complained that she sent too many texts, but what I wouldn't give to get one of those texts from her now. Not that this was possible. I'd blocked her and deleted her contact. It may seem a bit extreme, but I absolutely could not risk getting reeled in again. Grandpa had once told me that in order to get on in this world, you have to be able to resist temptation. He was right. Lunch with Dad. Brunch with the family. Brunch with the extended family. Everyone had liked her so much. It felt like I'd finally done something right for a change. Even the inglorious Walmart interlude proved to be a memory on which I could reflect with some satisfaction. After years of armed conflict, Dad and I had finally found ourselves on the same side. The debutante ball. The limo ride home. The way Mr. Binnendale had switched limos on us so no one would be able to trace any moments of indiscretion back to his adored granddaughter. I had to hand it to him. Canny bastard. But that wasn't what I would be thinking about when I remembered that night. My face flushed as I recollected myself telling Dashiell that intimacy was hard and how could I give anyone that much power over me? But with Emma, it hadn't been hard. We hadn't gone all the way, but my gut instinct told me that it would have been surprisingly easy. It was stopping ourselves that would have been hard. And I hadn't felt powerless. I hadn't felt powerful either. There was just this delicious sense of surrender to the moment, the experience, to each other. I didn't know if I would ever feel that way about another person ever again. A week later, Mom returned home from her trip to France. Dad asked her all about how it went. The girls peppered her with questions. I half listened. Politics interested me now less than ever. But when I noticed Mom glancing at me hesitantly and then trailing off, I guessed what was on her mind. Mom, you can tell me if you saw Emma, I said, causing everyone in the room to fall silent. I knew she was going to spend the summer in Nice. Mom appeared relieved. It turned out that she had run into Emma at the Savoy. Or, to put it more accurately, Emma had run into her. She had been looking elsewhere, and papers went flying all over the place. I'm so sorry, Madam Secretary, she murmured as she knelt down to collect them. 
She was blushing and fumbling, and her blonde hair was falling all over the place. I could just picture it. I also got the sense that she was apologizing for more than just bumping into Mom. I took her out to lunch, Mom confessed. That's cool, I said. Mom, how could you? Allison was aghast. After what she did... Allie, it's not like the whole family has to break up with her, I pointed out. Yes, it is. McCord's first. She was on the verge of stamping her foot. You're still friends with Piper, I pointed out. Piper didn't break your heart. Allie, Mom soothed. Allie fell silent. Mom turned to me. She uh, mentioned that she would be returning to boarding school in England in the fall. At these words, a leaden weight seemed to sink upon my heart. Makes sense, I said. Mission accomplished. I made a faux celebratory gesture. Honey, Mom entreated. Now, I'm no expert in these matters, we laughed. But I could tell that she misses you, and I know you miss her. Now, she held my elbow playfully. What would be so bad about keeping the channels of communication open? I have her number. She tantalized me with a post-it. I stared at it, transfixed. Maybe we could start over, have things be like they were before. I gave myself a shake. No, we couldn't start over. How was that even possible? Pretending the past had never happened would be the equivalent of forgetting her. Baby? Mom was perplexed by my silence. I took my head. <clears throat> I shook my head to clear it. Look, Mom, it's not that I don't appreciate your taking the time, I said, out of a UN assembly, no less. But there isn't any chance for Emma and me now. Mom's eyes looked sad as she asked me, Why? You were so good together. I drummed my fingers on the countertop. I don't even know which part of that relationship was real, I explained, if any of it was. I paused. All I know for sure is this. I could never be with someone who would pretend to be someone else for the sole purpose of being with someone like me. They all looked a little confused. It's a Groucho Marx thing, I said, heading upstairs. It'll make more sense in the morning. <laughs>